This is the MFG Cast. guys, Kurt here. I did it a little backwards. Usually I'm supposed to introduce myself and then do this is the MFG cast and then do the music, but you know, just, I, I forgot. That's just, that's my bad. So we're doing it a little differently today, but there is a reason for that. Um, I have two awesome guests on today. We're going to be talking about Adventure Tactics Domains Tower coming up by Letterman Games, designed by Nicholas Yu and coming out July 29th on Kickstarter. I am honored to have on today Dan Letzring from Letterman Games, publisher. Dan, thanks for coming on, sir. Thank you so much for having me. You bet. And I have Nick Yu, designer of said game, Adventure Tactics, Domains Tower. Nick, thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having us. Uh, really, really stoked to be here. Awesome. Uh, so let's talk about let's talk about this game. Well, actually, you know what? Let's cut that. Let's before we talk and talk about that. Let's talk about how we got how you guys got into gaming. It's just one of those things that I like to talk about. Like, you know, most people have the same kind of thing. Oh, I played Pandemic, and then this is the best. You know, it's the best thing ever, and I played all these other games. So, I just want to see how you guys started in the business, coming up to being a game publisher for Dan and being a designer for Nick. So, Nick, why don't you start first? How did you get into gaming? Uh, I was indoctrinated as a child. Nice. Uh, I think it's the easy way to say that. <laughs> My parents were actually kind of. Uh, I don't know, casual gamers, uh, they were big into card games. So, at, you know, as soon as I was five years old, you know, I was learning the rules to poker, euchre, uh, cribbage. Uh, my dad tried to teach me bridge, but I was a terrible partner, so he gave up. He admitted <laughs> that. But, <laughs> you know, for, for really, from a very early age, um, you know, that was like our go-to thing when we were traveling, uh, and we had some time, we'd just bring a deck of cards. So I would say I started at a very young age. I've been interested in gaming forever. Uh, you know, that also went into video games, you know, growing up on Nintendo, um, and then, uh, but I, I always uh, kept interested with uh, card games and uh, board games once I learned, like, there were some better board games out there, like Settlers of Catan, which is probably uh, everybody other person's gateway game to the to uh, better, like, a hobby gaming world. Nice. Awesome. What about you, Dan? Yeah, so for me, too, you know, I did a lot of family gaming when I was younger. I mean, my family always was playing things like, you know, Life and Clue and all that, and we had, like, 13 Dead End Drive and Key to the Kingdom, and I have vague memories of Hero Quest. Like, I think I was young because when I see it, it brings back a feeling like I had it, but I can't vividly remember playing it. But, you know, we had a lot of games like that, Stratego. Growing up, we were into all those and Rummy Cube. But then as I got older, more, you know, like middle school to high school, I stopped playing games altogether. Yeah, I got more into video games actually then and uh, through college. And then when I was in grad school, like Nick said, I. I Within one month, different friends um, introduced me to Dominion, Catan, Carcassonne, and Ticket to Ride, all pretty much within a month. And so my wife and I went, and we bought Pandemic. And um, 
pretty much were hooked after that actually and then i played flux with with the friend who introduced me to dominion and i was like oh there's like you know it felt like there was more you could do than just playing cards with suits it felt like immersion and you could paste a theme onto a card game and really feel like something more than just playing cards with numbers and that's kind of what got me into game designing and publishing because i was like this is amazing i want to be a part of this i want to build worlds and i want to um ignite imagination and things like that and um kind of make make games like this but you know different and so yeah it was really like i said that one month two month period that just yeah, sparked yeah, everything i love i love that and it, it's funny i i like dan your how you guys are talking about like just finding out that there's more out there you know it's it's kind of weird it's a, that whole new world thing where it's like oh i knew that uno exists but like if i took uno and put a theme on it and you know made it more players and you know it's just it's cool when you find out like there's just more exciting things than just those gateway games and stuff like that which is awesome so now now i know we're gonna get sidetracked just a little bit but i really want to talk about it but talk about the video game aspect like I'm, i'm gonna go i'm gonna ask you both like what really you know grabbed you in the video game world when you guys were growing up yeah well this one's funny because this uh leads in naturally into adventure tactics because uh dan and i share a booth at the local maker fair uh every year and we've been doing that for the last five six years and a couple of years ago we both you know we we're talking about our favorite video games and the number one game for both of us was final <laughs> fantasy tactics and dan's like you know we've never worked together like we've known each other we've been friends like we've been hanging out but like we help each other with each other's designs but we've never collaborated on a project together and we talked, we were like, let's make a board game based on Final Fantasy Tactics. <laughs> so I was like, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've loved, uh, you know, strategy RPGs uh, forever, like uh, Fire Emblem, uh, Tactics Ogre, you know, that entire genre. And also the uh, more American ones like uh, Dragon Age, uh, even if you go back to the old Pools of Radiance, like the Gold Box games, uh, I mean, uh, Baldur's Gate, uh, the Infinity Engine stuff, like that, that's my bread and butter. So this felt like a natural fit uh, in terms of design, trying to bring that from digital to to the uh, tabletop. Yeah, and for me, you know, I grew up, we started with a Nintendo and Mario and everything of that nature. And then as I got older, Mario Kart was really big for me. And my stepsister, we used to play it all day, every day. And we'd bet like Pez. We'd buy the 10 packs of Pez candy. And I eventually started collecting Pez, but this was before that. We'd we'd bet them. So every race you'd win, you'd get a pack of candy. And uh, we would just do that all day. But really, I got hooked when... uh, Final Fantasy Tactics 7 and 10 were out and Resident Evil those games for me were all very big for I guess what engulfed my video gaming life when I was really really into it was um so you could probably put a timeline on exactly when I was really really big into games because when those came out um yeah I was really into all those Tomb Raider I liked a lot of the questing games where you're looking for things that would unlock something on a different part of the map you didn't know where it was right so you would just you know, Resident Evil or Tomb Raider, explore, try and find an item, use it somewhere else. Um, and so I love those games. But then Final Fantasy Tactics, when I played it, it, it was all because of the job class system, which is really what I loved about that game was you could start as a squire and then play again and start as a chemist and then go different routes uh, depending on what you do. But even if you go the same route, you could slot different act, you know, um, abilities in. And um, so that always stuck with me many many years later and that's what i was like this has never been done in a game with this much customization why don't we do this and when nick and i were talking we like the light bulbs turned on and we were both just like yes yes that's awesome to get that get that nostalgia in there well yeah and it was a big blitz too at the beginning that that weekend uh uh, i came up with like a 20 page design document and i'm like here you go dan let's this is it let's let's 
this is yeah. the foundation let's get let's get started you're like i've got it all the That's characters awesome. here you go <laughs> it was amazing yeah so you know it's funny that you say that because i i think it's somewhere in some some medium i don't know if it was a video i think it might have been your nick your play how to on to pl- how to play this game and then you mentioned the mm-hmm. final fantasy tactics and stuff like that kind of in the same vein as this game and i at first i thought how dare you how dare you mm-hmm put it in the same genre as this. but that uh, but then again when i you know i heard that i thought the same thing w- w- that you guys were talking about i was like yeah you really don't see that in, in any games you know it's like you know in, in role-playing games like that is kind of what you do you know you can multi-class and you can pick one thing and you know upgrade upgrade what you have or you can turn into something else or you know you, there's different paths but like i feel like in board games there's really not that it's really there's really not that avenue you know and and the nostalgia for me like final fantasy tactics like that is like one of my favorite games too so when you guys you know so when i first heard that i was like <laughs> holy crap there's gonna be a board game like that that's awesome you know it's like it's crazy yeah yeah i mean you absolutely touched on that. a lot of games ex- explore mm-hmm. aspects of it right especially the strategy rpg like the actual moving around the grid uh doing the combat like they get that part done but the core experience for tactics for me is the job system. Like, mm-hmm. um, I would spend you know hours just grinding random uh, random encounters so I could have a char- you know super characters that had you know levels and everything. And you pick uh, uh, you mix and match the the best passives with the best abilities. Like everybody has auto potion and you sell all your cheap potions, so you always regen like for like four hundred <laughs> every time one of your characters gets hit. So I mean, but th- and that's what I wanted. Like I, I want some. I, I mean, obviously, it's not going to be completely broken like some combinations in uh, Final Fantasy Tactics because you know, it's a tabletop game. But uh, you know, I wanted people to have that freedom, that that ability to say, okay, well, I'm going to be you know a wizard for a level. Okay, now I'm a fighter because I'm going to be a little tankier. Okay, now I want some heals, so I'm going to go cleric, right? So I, I want I wanted people to be able to do that, and then also that feeling as you progress, you're always moving forward, uh, you're always unlocking something, and then you can advance into all these cool elite classes. Um, you know that that's what I felt hasn't been represented yet. Yeah, and w- one thing I love that um, Nick did. So when I first envisioned it, when we first talked about it before there was a game and how the leveling up system worked, I pictured it kind of like tactics, and it was a straight branching path, but like you just kind of progressed on it, right? So like, you know, you start as a squire chemist type thing, and then you advance to a basic knight of some sort, and then those double off, and it's this long straight linear branching path. You had multiple choices, but it was linear. What Nick did, which is amazing, I was hesitant at first because it's very freeform, but that's the beautiful part of it is you start as anything you want, right? Well, every player has to start as something different, but you pick rogue, fighter, cleric, uh, wizard, archer, and you pick one of them. So you start as an archer, you get, you know, uh, quick shots, which is, you know, quick shots with your bow and arrow where you're doing two shots. You get your cool archer abilities, some a cool passive that goes with the archer. After the first fight, when you level up, you can go level two archer or you could go level one rogue, fighter, cleric, or wizard. So you pick whatever you want. You go that route. Then you could do whatever you qualify for. So you could do level two archer, level two wizard, if you went level one wizard, right? But then you could, as you multi-class, unlock elites, but you could still always go back to level two archer if you never went there. So you really just pick what you want to do and do it, which is, it can be daunting at times because you have, you're like, what do I want to do? But that's what's great is you craft your character and every time you play it, even if you go similar routes, you're going to have different cards, you're going to have different passives you use because 
if you do the orders a little different, the way you get your hit points is going to be different. The way you get your cards is going to be a little different. And it's it's just going to sculpt your character in a different way that it's just there are so many different combinations that you can't even count them all. I mean, it's unbelievable. And and also because it's a branching campaign game, you could even level up the same way but still have a slightly different character because of what happens during the campaign. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And I like that aspect because then it, you know, it it doesn't get stale. It It gives you an option to... How do I want to word this exactly? It gives you an option to kind of experiment on, you know, how you want to go because that that was the best thing about Final Fantasy Tactics where it was like, okay, you know, I can try these couple of things, but I don't know exactly how that's going to, you know, will this really help the story? This might not. You know, I might get to a point where it's like you you get to that certain level and you're like, okay, well, let's try this. Well, being this cleric was stupid. I should have been a fighter instead. <laughs> you know, or like maybe I should have upped this instead. It was just just dumb to do that, you know, and it gives you that flexibility to just be like, okay, well, we failed the scenario, but we can always just go back and try it again and just, you know, use the upgrades differently. Or we can go through this and say, you know, say you fail and you're like, oh crap, I failed. It's on me. I was stupid. I made a dumb mistake. Let's just keep going and see where that goes. And then the next time you're like, okay, well, let's see how this works out, you know, and you could, you know, switch the way you're doing it. So it gives you a different strategy that way. And then you can see where you go there too. And, you know, that, that for me, that's really exciting. Cause like, even with a game like Final Fantasy Tactics, where it just basically kind of went kind of in a linear way, but also was kind of affected by some of your class stuff. It's still like, there's just still, God, sorry. It's just, I'm so excited. So in my head, I'm like way ahead of what I'm trying to say. But it's just, it's cool that you can succeed, fail, or really succeed in this game. And there will be a different way that the game comes out. That's exciting to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Dan and I talked about this one a lot. Um, and one of the challenges, like, I was part of their descent group briefly, um, but Dan's descent group has gone through, like, five incarnations, right? It's just so hard to keep a group together for a campaign. Uh, so, you know, we thought that when you fail, you should still advance. Obviously, you're not going to have all the cool rewards, and things could ha- you could be forced into certain avenues by failing an encounter. But we still want you to be able to go forward through the campaign. So, mm-hmm. we, you know, we have to respect that time uh, mm-hmm. so you and, but also you know obviously you get some more if you, if you win and but then if you really want to challenge yourself you go for the bonus objective so uh, in which you get you know, even more rewards or, or more choices so as you said you have those those three different uh, ways you can proceed from every encounter so mm-hmm. it, but but uh, it's always moving forward and also we tried to go much more bite size for the designs so the fights um, on average are probably about 40 45 minutes uh, instead of you know Gloomhaven or Ascent, where you can spend two hours, two plus hours in for a single three to four on some even yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah for, your whole day is yeah. yeah, and yeah, and I wanted to touch on too the, the so so on top of your 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 action deck because you were talking about you know going different paths but still having different choices to make. As you level up, you get cards for your deck that you're playing during the fight, but you also get passive abilities for each class. You go through in some classes as you level up through them, you get more passive abilities. So you end up with five or six passive abilities, but you can only have three out at a time. So at the start of every fight, you pick which ones you want. You might say, like you said, the customization of what will be helpful in this fight? Will this help me? I don't think as much in this fight because of the way this boss acts or how they do. So then you're like, I'm going to put this passive out instead. And you always have that pool, but you pick what you go into your fight with. 
and the same thing it, it works that's how equipment works as well as there are extra options to have out there for like cards in your hand so you can pick which equipment you're going to slot out but you only get one weapon one accessory one armor um so you have multiple and you got to figure out which ones would be best for this fight to keep out there for you and so again you could do the same classes but each fight have different passives about which some affect your movement or the dice you roll if their dice abilities so so even if you're the same character you're going to act differently depending on the abilities you have out there as well so that it's really a neat feature for it that works really really well and it, and it makes sense to do that kind of stuff because the, the one thing that i think that fails with some games especially when you're talking about something that is exciting like an adventure or adventure why did i say it like that an adventure or something like that adventure <laughs> sounds more exciting um but like you have to sometimes i think people take like our personalities and our real life experiences and they don't put it into a game so it's like just sometimes it's just so fantastical that you're like okay this would never happen you know uh, granted it's fantasy mm-hmm. you're throwing magic nobody can do that i can't i get it but it's cool to to be like okay i failed you know that i fail in life but you know what i still keep going you know or you know i fail in life mm-hmm. but you know what i have a little more I have a little more um, experience now, so now I can, you know, maybe, you know, figure out what I need to do for the next thing that I'm going to do, you know. And then another thing with, you Mm -hmm. know, um, with bringing in the stuff that you need for this next fight and stuff like that. Obviously, if you have all this stuff, you're not going to be like, well, I'm going to bring everything, you know, let's just hope this happens. You know, you're going to you're going to pick out the things that you think that are going to be that work out perfectly for scenario a whether it's a you know this game or if it's real life and stuff like that you you know what you need to do for the most part or have a guess on what you need to do to prepare for stuff like that so i like that that's included in the game and it's a thought process in the game where it's like you know these certain things it's it's not just you doing something and then when you do it it's like this just makes no sense to me. I like that you guys thought that out. Well, and it's funny you talk about you know how someone's personality is going to help shape their experience, right? And you'll see that when people pick their classes too. Like we have a buddy Bryce. He always <laughs> plays the fighter. Like he's played this game like I don't know like twenty times probably, and he always plays the fighter. I'm like you want to try something else? He's like, no, I love fighters, and I yeah. love the fighter, and that's what I'm going to do. He, he <laughs> says, I just want to bash things. Right? He just wants to go in and bash things. Yeah. And when we played D and D, he actually played a fighter too. I'm like, come on, Bryce. <laughs> um, so, I mean, but I mean, but. You can, you know, your imprint, your personality, based on, because it's such a, you know, freeform game, you can, you know, some people love to play healers, you can play healer, you can kind of explore all the different uh, healer elite classes, uh, but you can really customize it, uh, your character to something that you like. So, in that aspect, you know, you can also kind of express your personality through this game, I feel. And you'll see that, uh, I think, when people, you know, pick which starting class they want to be and how they develop their character. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to praise Nick some more because I really think some of the things he did in this are really brilliant. No, 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 it's true, though. I mean, there's a lot in this game, and you did a really good job with it. But so you were saying, like, that the real life uh, type scenarios that are in there, you know, Nick made a lot of the things very thematic, right? So that the fighter gets a really weak, this throwback to Final Fantasy Tactics, but a really weak ranged attack. It's called a rock toss, right? And the, the rogue gets a bit of a ranged attack that's dagger throws so it's not just like okay roll this dice from a distance it's like you're throwing a dagger right and you're feeling like that's something a rogue would do and he has another action called shank that is very roguelike right but then 
when you start as an archer, you have a very swingy die. You're not very good. You're a level one archer. So you, you get that, that it would either kill them, or, you know, or go through their eye or, or skin them, but you're not the best archer yet. But as you progress, you get ways to manipulate your dice or they get something called a point blank shot. That's like a really close attack. And you roll two of the dice so that you're, you know, more likely to hit pretty good. But that makes sense because you're really close to them. You're doing, you know, a point blank shot from right in their face. And the the cards all thematically make sense with what you're doing, what character you are, and it really immerses you in your character mm-hmm. in, a, in an amazing way. But Dan, and uh, if I can elaborate, Dan touched on something that you know, is different when you go from digital to tabletop. Uh, because you're, uh, you know, Five Healthy Tactics is a single-player game. It's okay that your characters miss, right? Because okay, well, I have four other characters, or five. You know, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I just take them a turn with the next guy. But in a, in a cooperative game, in a multiplayer game, doing nothing on your turn is <laughs> usually the worst feeling in the world. And that's why I also hate like lose your turn, skip your turn type mechanics too. Because that feels really punishing. It's like, oh well, I guess it'll be another five minutes, ten minutes before I take my next turn, right? And I did nothing on my turn. So that's why we have the different dice. Uh, and you know, Dan mentioned the archer has the swingy die. It's the, the black uh, die, and it has two ones and two sixes. So, I mean, you can have some kind of hit-miss uh, you know, mitigation uh, based on uh, which, which, dies, uh, which dice are used. So we have four different dice in the game uh, that you know, kind of help express that mechanic. So uh, it's, you're not always, okay, my basic attack always does exactly the same thing every time. And also people love rolling dice. At least I do. I love rolling dice. I Especially in fantasy it. games. I mean, if you're not rolling dice, then you're Especially just... Especially fantasy, yes! I, mean, yeah, <laughs> I don't know what dice. you're doing with your life. Well, people always ask me. I'm like, I mean, dice get a bad rep, but I'm like, I, I love, I mean, like mm. Las Vegas, games like that, or Pandemic the Cure is my favorite iteration of the Pandemic series. I just like handfuls of dice and throwing them too, right? I like yeah, exactly. just rolling it's, dice. It's, it's like those yeah, videos where fun. people are like, oh... So satisfying. Like, that is. It's like having a bunch of dice, whether it doesn't matter, D6s, D20s, whatever. It's still like, this is amazing. It's satisfying even when you get a terrible result, but then you get that good result and you hit and you're, I mean, it's euphoric, right? You're just like, yes, yes. And you like, you did it, right? Like, you're, there's a one in six chance I'm going to kill this monster on this roll or he's going to kill me. And you get that six and you're just like, I did it. I did it. And you feel so accomplished, right? And it's just amazing. So, yeah, I love that feeling. So talking about this game, this game is going to have heft, okay? So it's going to be it's going to have a lot of stuff in it. <laughs> yeah. So um, as far as as far as I know, checking the old uh, Letterman Games catalog, not too many hefty games here. So, you know, when when coming into, right. you know, signing something like this, are you wary? Are you excited are you like okay we need to play this you know they say you know the best games you need to play test them a hundred plus times is this something where because of that heft and that because of that story and those mechanics are you like well i have to i'm gonna have to play the test this for like ever before i can get this to be where it needs to be well, well what's scary is so for this actually the scariest part with all of it was relating there's so many moving parts and interacting parts that you know nick knows my biggest worry was we know what to do with everything when we finish a fight and you get items you know where to grab them from you know where to put them and it's very straightforward for us but for me going through the campaign guide reading what you do when you do it how the bosses act it it makes sense but if it's not translated well to anyone who's never played it before 
it's just going to fail epically, right? And so my biggest concern was, yes, this is the problem is it's a great game, but if we don't convey that, then it doesn't matter. And so I've been stressing with how the campaign guide relates everything to the person going through it. Um, it's a DMless campaign, right? So you need the bosses to act properly. If you do things wrong, you're either going to overpower the boss or they're going to overpower you. And it's not the game's fault. It's you know the, the the way you played it and so making sure that that's conveyed properly and then the loot you get and the way you progress um that's been one of my biggest concerns because that's something that you know my other games haven't had right like you have you know something like groves it's a worker placement game and there's a lot of gameplay to refine but it's just a straightforward moving parts type thing right this has so many interacting things and if you do one thing wrong that's going to propagate or you know cascade right cascade and and so that's been probably my biggest concern so i've been very meticulous about here's where the cards start here's how we describe them here's what we do we need to make sure this is in the campaign guide because um that's been my biggest scare of everything with it and that's something i haven't had to deal with but you know nerves wise like one i mean we're in no rush i know we have time to go through this and make sure we do it right like i said nick's a really really smart and amazing guy and he you know we've been working very very closely on this so i know we can work together and do it as far as production goes and how we want this to come out so really it's like i said just in making sure that everything comes out and is translated to the person buying it who's never played it properly so yeah that's it's it's been a big task but we've been you know we're not rushing it and we've been working on it a long time and so i think that helps yeah, a couple too. years now yeah. we we wanted to launch this early this year we wanted to do quarter one Originally, like I think at the beginning of last year, we're like, yeah, we're talking we'll have, April, right? Yeah, yeah we originally. were like quarter one to quarter two, we'll have this ready. And I remember at first it was like, we're not going to do this. And we were kind of like, oh my gosh, do we really have to delay this? And we kind of had some stress on what do we do? But, you know, it was the right choice because we're like ready Absolutely. now. And yeah. I'm not, you know, sometimes you get close to it and we're like, oh my gosh, we have so much to get done before we launch. And like, I don't feel that way. I feel like we're ready. And so that's been... You know, we've been doing this right, I think. And so I think that'll hopefully be conveyed as well. So, Nick, I've heard that you call this game a passion project for you. So so what would what would it mean for this this game to be out in the world for everyone to play? Uh, I mean, it, it, I mean, I would love it. I just want to share my appreciation of Final Fantasy Tactics and, and that genre of game with the world. And I don't even care if they know my name, but I want them to play this game and be like, yes, this is the game I've been waiting for. And that's kind of the reaction we get when we show it, when we go to cons and we demo this game. People are like, holy cow, like, yes, this is what I remember about Final Fantasy Tactics. This is what I remember about, you know, Tactics Over, this this kind of experience. Like, let me play around with all these different classes. Tell me what this class does. Tell me what that one does. Okay, you know, what are these abilities? Uh, and when they see that, you know, you mentioned all the parts. Like, there's over 800 cards in this game. Um, you know, it, it's hefty. So when people see that and, you know, all the different ways they can explore their, their character and, and leveling up, uh, you know that that's what I want. I, I just want to share this with the world. Like this is, and we, as Dan said, we've been working on this for two years, so I, I feel like we're we're in a good place with it now. And if you want to know how much into uh, Final Fantasy Nick actually is, you can't see it, but I can see he's got Final Fantasy posters on his wall. So obviously, he's very oh. much into it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I have a seven one. I have a tactics one. I have that's a, awesome. I have a six I, I want to get where you got that tactics poster because that's awesome. I want that too. <laughs> oh yeah, this tactics poster awesome. is amazing. It's the best. It, it has a, it has all the um, like all the major NPCs and uh, like a couple of random characters. It's like the calculator and uh, uh, time mage and a few other. Is that a dark mage? mage I see right there too. 
Mm, sorry, I'm turning around. Uh, there's samurai. Yeah, there's a black. There's two black mages <laughs> in the corner. Black mage right yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's two black mage. But you have like uh, Delita, Argus, uh, Ovelia. Ovelia. Oh, yeah. You have all the uh, major NPCs there too. So awesome. So awesome. So yeah, yeah they're all in there. <laughs> oh, that's funny. It's hard to see. It's a little blurry. That's why I was asking. <laughs> oh, yeah, I was like, that looks like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But oh. good on you for recognizing that. Like, they're probably like tiny little <laughs> pixels. Uh, <laughs> yep, we love like it. Definitely Final love Fantasy. It. So <laughs> now I see that the game instead of be call it, instead of calling it just Adventure Tactics, it's called Adventure Tactics Domains Tower. So does that mean if this is successful, does that mean that we get to get another one? <laughs> Fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah, um, I will say we're gonna we're taking this slowly because we don't know what's gonna happen with the campaign. But based on the campaign and we want to you know talk to the community of people who are interested in this game nick and i have so many different ideas that could work in this world or different campaigns that are different games that work with the system that we have we have a lot of flexibility with how we can move forward with it between just adding more classes to adding new campaigns to adding new sets of encounters that aren't a full-on campaign you know there's there's a lot of content we could add to this and so once we gauge how the game is received and what people are doing with it and what they want, um, we, we've already talked about a lot of ideas we have yeah. to, to advance it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so that's why we wanted to make it like, yes, we can do more with this. Uh, once you have the main system and the main cards, maybe we just have something you can start those with and do something else or something you can add into it. Um, we have a lot of options and a lot of ideas. And so, but, yeah, and, and that's the thing that Dan, Dan like, because we're so passionate about it, it like I've already planned out like the next campaign. Like I have an overworld map, and I have mm-hmm. like I, I've like like um, there's no factions in this game. But like if you've played an MMO, uh, you, you know you're earning reputation with factions. That's kind of how I see uh, you know the next next campaign. But also we don't want to get ahead of ourselves, like especially like fall on our feet in the case, <laughs> fall on our faces uh, with yeah. the Kickstarter. But um, I mean, I, I if if this project succeeds uh, and there's a clear demand for this game. And follow-ups, yeah. I mean, we're gonna absolutely launch into uh, expansions, and uh, yeah. you know, maybe like some more standalone adventures. Like, you know, this is a level five adventure, or you know, here's two back-to-back ones you play at level seven. So yep. little little snippets uh, that are a little more bite-sized, and then you know, obviously, a full expansion yeah, if there's awesome. if there's demand for it. So so again, I've talked about this before. Hefty game, so. Let's. I, I hate to do it, but I want to talk about price just so people are they can save their money. They can be ready for it when it comes out. They can sh- they can take their shekels and put it towards a great game uh, uh, from Letterman Games and from Nick Nick U. So let's talk about price and shipping. What are we looking at? Um, so so the game's seventy five dollars, and so that is you know for a campaign game with 800 cards it has five miniatures we're gonna probably have more by the end of the campaign on top of that punch outs on top of punch outs we have all the bad guys a punch board um there's 45 i think it was different bad guys on top of small minion bad guy chits on top of walls on top of game boards um so there's there's a lot of content in here so 75 dollars is pretty much a steal for this thing um but yeah that's the price and like we said it's multiple playthrough campaign so that's what we wanted was something you can play through multiple times and you know you're going to do about 10 fights within a playthrough there's 15 ish possible within there so you're not going to see them all and shipping in the u.s is going to be five dollars and shipping worldwide is 15 
or not worldwide. There's there's some um, some countries is fifty, and some are a little yeah, more. It's just yeah, so, yeah. certain countries are really expensive to ship to. So it's going to vary, but it's going to be about fifteen to twenty five max. Still, that's pretty great for a hefty game like that. That is a great price. And there is kind of an endless mode too. So once you're at max level, there's kind of an enemy generator. Like if you've played Diablo three, the rifts where you have like a an, uh, a boss with random prefixes and affixes, you know, we have kind of that system uh, going too. So you can keep going, you, like once you max out and you finish the campaign, if you don't want to play through the campaign again, and you like don't want to give up that character because you love that build so much, sure, you know, <laughs> here's some more fights you can do, right? Here's some random ones too. I was gonna say, if people are interested in more content or um, customization, there's an expansion for three additional classes as well that um, are just three new classes you can level up through as well. And it's going to include an additional mini for the main boss you fight at the end, possibly a potential other mini, so more, and then just more cards for the, for the classes so you can level up through them. Yeah, and I can, I can see if people get excited about this, because I know what's happened with other games like this, is there's probably going to be a lot of people that are going to be hacking this game too and being like, okay, well, you know, we played it this way, now I'm just going to add a couple of these guys from this scenario and, you know, a couple of... You know, mages from this area, you know, stuff like that. There's just, there's endless possibilities, which is exciting. Honestly, I would love that. You touched upon what I want to see. I want to see that, that community feedback. If people care enough that they're going to homebrew mm -hmm. something, right? Come up, with, if they come up with their own classes, great, awesome. I want to see those. You know, come up with your own campaigns, your adventure scenarios. Awesome. I want to see those. Like, I absolutely do. That means people care enough to make them, right? We will work with people who have great ideas to make more content. I mean, like, we would love to see what they come up with and expand this world because like there's a community so spotlight, right? Like, you know, every month, this mm -hmm. is the, our favorite community adventure we saw, right. right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. If people okay. care that much, I, I mean, I'll be head over heels. Like, I, I will, I will gladly accept that extra work in collating the material. Right? Yeah. Love it. Yeah, awesome. that would be amazing. Well, I'm excited about it. Hopefully, everyone else is excited about it. Um, if you're excited about it, let us know. I, uh, we have a Facebook page, MFG Cast on Facebook, at MFG Cast on Twitter. Please give it all the love, share it, like it, get to where this can be funded because I think uh, this is a great thing to have out in the world and just to see. Oh, my own little Final Fantasy tactics in a board game. Oh my god, it'd be great. This this is what we've been waiting for. This is what we want. We're just like, there needs to be a game like this. We're going to make it. We're going to do it. Right. So. so, awesome. So, yeah, make sure you get out there July 29th. Thanks again to Dan and Nicholas Yu. Thank you for both coming on and hyping this game. I'm sure people are going to be excited about it, and we'll see what happens. Thank you for having right. us. You bet. Thank you so much. I don't, I don't know anywhere else to close this out, so I'm going to say... Thanks for listening, and this was Kurt, and this was the MFG Cast. Legends of Tabletop Podcast. Creating legends, one die at a time.